Welcome to Wired AF. You're listening to episode 17 of the podcast. On the podcast, we talk about all things health and fitness. If you're joining us for the first time, I'm Brandon. I'm a weightlifter, a nutritionist, and the head coach at Akati Fitness. I'm joined by Steph. I'm Steph. I'm a soon-to-be qualified osteopath and a Pilates instructor. On episode 17, we're talking about micronutrients. This episode will be an introduction to micronutrients. We're going to specifically talk about vitamin D today, but we just want to begin this podcast and begin this I guess, section, like what we've been doing with all the episodes, how we kind of give you a bit of an introduction before we get really, I guess, deep in, yeah, before we get in depth into the topic. Just before we get started, though, we we just wanted to remind you guys about our book club episode coming up. So we are doing our book club review on the 3rd of December. We're reading the book Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. So if you don't have that book, you might want to get it to have a read or listen to the audio book. We're currently reading it, so we should be ready by the 3rd of December to do our review and our chat about what we've learned about sleep. So it should be a really good episode. If you haven't read it or you're not reading it, that's totally fine as well because we're going to give you guys a summary also of what happens in the book. But, you know, it's just something fun that we can do together. Cool. So the first thing, uh, what are micronutrients? Micronutrients are usually known as vitamins and minerals. That's how most people sort of know them. Um, You've got macronutrients and micronutrients. Your macronutrients are your bigger ones, which are carbohydrates, fat and protein. I think fiber they throw in there as well. Whereas micronutrients are the smaller ones vitamins and minerals, which you often think about in your fruits and vegetables. They're those really small kind of nutrients that you get, hence the name micronutrients. Um, And we only need them in really tiny amounts, really minuscule amounts. But if we don't get them, you can have really severe problems. They're really important for physiological function uh, and proper function of the body, not necessarily just for producing energy. So our macronutrients, they obviously give us uh, energy as far as uh, you know, consum- consuming food, we get kilojoules and calories from those macronutrients, uh, carbohydrates and fats, uh, carbohydrates and protein, we get four kilojoules per gram, and then fats, we get nine kilojoules per gram. We don't get any uh, calorie or any um, energy as such from eating micronutrients, but they're really important for body function. So B group vitamins are important for energy release, and obviously we're gonna get into vitamin D later today. Yeah, so some other examples of vitamins and minerals are things like iron, which most people would have heard of, vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin D, there's zinc, iodine, and folate, just to name a few. They're the ones that people are most commonly deficient in. Um, today, we're going to be talking about vitamin D and basically what it does, the what deficiency looks like, and how you can get more vitamin D. So for those who don't know, vitamins K, A, D, and E, they're all fat-soluble vitamins. And the other ones are all water soluble. So that means that you, if you consume excess amounts, you can just remove them really naturally from your body. So water ones. Water soluble ones, yeah. So if you ever take uh, like a multivitamin or a B group, like a B group vitamin, you'll end up with really strong colored urine because your body is removing all the excess ones uh, and they don't need it. So your kidneys will remove them. Whereas your your K A D and E are your fat soluble ones, and they can be built up over time. And if you consume like crazy and excess amounts, you can have some side effects. So there are some upper limits to those uh, micronutrients. And that's just because it's harder for your body to get rid of the fat soluble vitamins. Um, and usually, the overdose of the fat soluble vitamins occurs when people supplement with them. So it's really hard to overdose with food because it comes in its natural form. It's when people take too much of the supplements, the pills that you buy in the chemist, that's when they tend to overdose. So that's just something to think about as well. I can't imagine someone going that hard over 
over the counter or like um, Centrum multivitamin, <laughs> but you just don't know. The Vitagummies, they're the ones that they overdo. <laughs> so vitamin D. It's really important for healthy bone function and you would have seen that when you're in the morning, when you're younger and you're reading your cereal box and it says all the, all the vitamins that, and minerals that your cereal has been sprayed with because that's how they put it on there. They get the airbrusher and they spray, they spray you. It. Yeah, that's how they put them in there. They fortify it by spraying it. Yeah, right. So that's what you would have read in the morning when you're reading Cocoa Pops and you're seeing all, like there's that bone symbol and this is vitamin D. So... Really important for healthy bone function, important for um, building like strong teeth as well. Um, and we, you know, we've seen lots of research show that having a really poor diet or even being uh, mal malnourished when you're developing in uh, adolescence and um, even younger can have uh, later consequences. And that's the biggest thing that we're, is coming out now. And we're seeing a lot more research with um, brittle, brittle bones and, and things like that. And even uh, a rise in rickets in certain populations. Yeah. So, and I mean, vitamin D, obviously we know that it's, it helps build strong, healthy bones, but it's also important for muscle and nerve function as well. And it also helps the immune system to fight off bacteria and viruses. So it does have multiple uses, I guess, that we just mostly know about it for um, to prevent osteoporosis, for example. But there are other things that it's important for as well. What foods have vitamin D? So we know the functions of it. It's been studied and documented that we know it helps you, but where can you actually get it from? So in addition to the sunlight, you can also get it from fatty fish, such as salmon, tuna, mackerel. They're among some of the best sources that you can get it from, just because it's obviously a big serve uh, and it's uh, found really easily in there. You can also get it from beef liver don't know who, how many people eat beef liver but anyway uh there's cheese egg yolks and they provide some amounts of vitamin d as well so mm -hmm. that's why we always recommend people having a really balanced diet because you're going to be getting all the macro and micronutrients mm -hmm. in your diet as well mushrooms provide some vitamin d so some mushrooms can provide vitamin d because they absorb the sunlight and can make vitamin d in the mushroom that's amazing yeah I didn't know pretty that. interesting there you go yeah and so a lot of foods are also fortified with vitamin D as well. So, for example, cereals, um, some milks like oat milks, almond milks. Um, and yeah, a lot of those kind of plant based alternatives as well, like soy, for example, are often fortified with vitamin D, um, which is really great for people who aren't eating um, dairy products, for example, or who aren't eating fish or animal products. So now we've spoken about how you can get it from food, really, really basic, but now you can also, you know that you can get it from sun and your skin can synthesize the sunlight into vitamin D. Yeah, so it's pretty cool how the body works and that it can do it that way. Um, so you do need to have some sunlight exposure every day and it's actually also, it's important to understand too that you need to have sun exposure without sunscreen on to get the full effects of the vitamin D. Obviously, we want to be careful of skin cancer, right? So we're only talking a few minutes a day and you want to try and expose as much of your body to the sunlight as you can. Um, obviously, if you've got fair skin or if you're someone who's prone to getting burnt or if you're in areas, you know, you don't want to go out in the middle of the day, like 12 o'clock for full sunlight. Maybe we're talking in the morning um, and you've got, you know, singlet and shorts on and you've got five minutes worth of sun exposure. That should be enough and you're not gonna get sunburnt that way as well. Um, it's also important to note that you can't overdose from vitamin D from sunlight because your body actually stops making vitamin D when it's got enough from the sun, but you can overdose from supplements. So sunlight, vitamin D, you cannot overdose. That's important to know. So now we know 
where we can get it from, obviously sunlight and really good food sources. We will also know that there's an increase in deficiency in vitamin D. So one of the, I guess, what prompted us to do this episode as well was um, recently we've had people message us and contact us uh, and we've just been discussing uh, blood test, their blood test results and seeing how they've been uh, diagnosed with uh, vitamin D deficiency or lower uh, vitamin D uh, in their body. So we wanted to make this in order to say, well, what does that actually mean? And, you know, what kind of things can you do? Yeah, and there are definitely certain populations that are more at risk as well of vitamin D deficiency. So it's something, I guess, to be aware of if you fit into that population, that it might be something that you need to think about. Um, So a common example of people who might be more deficient are older adults because their skin's not quite as good at changing the sunlight to vitamin D. So older adults need to be a little bit more cautious and take a little bit more vitamin D into their diet. And then another one is people who get low sunlight levels. So people who maybe don't leave their house as much, for example, during COVID, maybe we didn't leave our house as much. People have to wear religious coverings over their body, often have uh, lower vitamin D levels. And also people who have occupations where they're indoors all day um, and who aren't exposed to sunlight as much will have possibly lower vitamin D levels. With uh, we were just reading an article before how there was a correlation potentially between COVID and the uh, vitamin D deficiency. So you can see how being indoors for extended periods and you know you can't get vitamin D just because you have a a sun like a an office near the window. It doesn't work like that. That's just going to block all the all the sun rays. Yeah. So yeah, you just need to keep that in mind. And then there are some diets as well. So people who don't have milk or lactose or who are vegetarians and vegans, they tend to be lower in vitamin D as well. So if you have a milk allergy or lactose intolerance, um, or you don't eat milk or eggs or salmon, for example, um, or fish, then you might have lower vitamin D levels because as we spoke about, vitamin D is found quite easily in some of those foods. So if you're not having those foods, it might be harder for you to get those levels. The other thing too is people with conditions that are associated with gut malabsorption. For example, we're talking about things like ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, celiac disease, um, cystic fibrosis as well, and also sometimes liver disease. So some of those conditions that affect your gut can affect the absorption of vitamin D or fat soluble vitamins. So you can have deficiency if you have some of those conditions. Something interesting that we also found was people who are obese or people who've had gastric bypass surgery are also at risk. Uh, And this is because they have, not because their skin isn't good enough, this is for the obese population, it's not because their skin doesn't uh, convert to to vitamin D as well, it's because they have really high um, subcutaneous fat stores which actually prevent the conversion of it in the body. Um, Another really interesting one that we read was breastfed infants are at more risk of vitamin D D deficiency. And that's because human milk actually contains quite low levels of vitamin D. So sometimes it's recommended that they have supplementation with vitamin D. We're not saying to not breastfeed your infants, but it's just something to think about in making sure that maybe you do have a supplementation for them as well. And then dark skinned people also, because of the color of their skin, they don't absorb the sunlight as easily. And the process of um, synthesizing the vitamin, the sunlight into vitamin D is more difficult. So what happens if you have a vitamin D deficiency? So a lot of people will associate vitamin D deficiency with weak bones. Um, This can result in rickets in children. And then it's 
called osteomalacia in adults later on. So osteomalacia is the softening of the bones and then osteoporosis is the weakening of the bones later on. So often older adults will have falls and they'll break bones really easily and that's commonly occurs with osteoporosis. So you just got weak, brittle bones basically, which is not what we want. We also know that there's not just the uh, skeletal functions that are important for um, vitamin D, but also the functions for the nervous system. So we can also see that there could be some complications with that. Also muscle weakness, and there is some sort, there's some kind of links that we've seen with the research that we've been reading that there's some links to cancer if you have really low vitamin D. But I think we could find that there's probably more um, a symptom of having low vitamin D. Um, and we did mention before as well that you can actually have too much vitamin D. And so like we said, there's an upper limit to fat-soluble vitamins such as vitamin D. And like we said earlier, this can occur from overuse of supplements. We want to really try and promote getting vitamin D in your food or vitamins and minerals in general in your food if possible because that's the most natural form and it's just the better way to actually get the supplement if you can or get the vitamin if you can. And when we're talking about how much do you actually need, it's 15 micrograms, which is such a minuscule amount of vitamin D that it's really hard to actually comprehend how little you actually need. So as long as you're having a really good, you know, a balanced diet and you're having, uh, you know, getting good sun exposure, you're probably going to be fine. Yeah, exactly. So for example, if you're not sure, we've got some figures here. So if you were to have um, a serve of salmon, so three ounces of cooked salmon, I think that's probably like 150 grams. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. So a serve of salmon, um, that's equivalent to 70% of your daily intake of vitamin D. So if you're having one fillet of salmon, that's going to give you most of your vitamin D for that day. Yeah, and chances are that's probably not the only thing you're going to eat and you're probably also going to get sun exposure. So you can see that just you know having a normal diet with that has good good balance of all foods throughout the day or throughout the week, you're probably going to have really good vitamin D levels. We also have nutrition coaching, which is available for anyone who wants to do that online, something that we've been developing in the last, I guess, four months. And we've been trying to make that really really accessible to everyone. Yeah, so if you get stuck and you're not really sure what to eat or how to get your vitamin D levels or how to get any nutrient levels, we can help you with that. Just reach out and we'll be able to help you with your nutrition. Awesome, guys. We hope you learned something from that episode and we'll do more episodes about nutrients in the future. We'll see you next time.